The federal government has opened a criminal investigation into WikiLeaks' release of more than 8,700 documents and files that it says come from the CIA. That's according to a CNN report. The documents, if they are real, reveal malware, viruses, security vulnerabilities, and millions of lines of code that the CIA has used to hack into devices, including smartphones and smart TVs. The releases raise questions about how WikiLeaks got such sensitive files and how much privacy we can count on when our devices are connected to the Internet. With us to talk about the release of all of these uh, previously secret documents are Stephen Vladek, a professor at the University of Texas School of Law, and William Banks, the director of the Institute for National Security and Counterterrorism at Syracuse University College of Law. William, what do the... uh, what do these documents reveal to us about CIA capabilities for hacking? Well, I think the first thing that they reveal is that the CIA isn't very good at keeping its stuff secure. <laughs> and uh, Stephen, a blogger, Nicholas Weaver, a security researcher at the International Computer Science Institute in Berkeley, said the story here isn't that the CIA hacks people. Of course they do. Taxpayers would be right to be annoyed if that weren't the case. Do you agree with that? I do. I mean, I think, June, part of the real story here is, as Bill suggests, the, the remarkable fact that WikiLeaks was able to get its hands on, if these are all accurate, over 8,000 documents. This is just the first of what's promised to be six or seven different disclosures. But, June, also, I think it's not a surprise that the CIA has the ability to do this. I think the surprise is, if this holds up, if these are really authentic, just how widespread and comprehensive um, the CIA's toolkit is, and basically just how able the CIA is to defeat, um, or if not defeat, at least bypass, um, just about all of the security measures that many of us have even started to take for granted um, on our phones, on our computers, on our televisions, in our cars. Um, if they're really this easy to defeat by the CIA, it makes you wonder you know, who else could, could manipulate those capabilities for, for mischief. Well, Bill, what you know? What is the impact here for in, in that regard? You obviously the CIA is supposed to be focusing on external spying that is not on United States citizens. But if others get information from this dump, there could be implications for everybody in the United States as well. Uh, and assuming for the moment the CIA is following the law, so what? What should? What? What is the danger here in terms of what other? entities, other countries, other hackers might be able to do with the information that WikiLeaks has put out? It's a real danger. That's a good question. I mean, so the CIA needs to share what it's known about these vulnerabilities with the companies that are impacted, you know, the the Apples and uh, and the other companies that make the devices that we all use need to do whole bunches of patches here as quickly as they can, which will just lead to the next generation of vulnerabilities, of course. This is sort of a cat-and-mouse game. Uh, the offense has always been ahead of the defense in this world, as this example illustrates. And and now that there'll be a period where, where we'll have to be playing catch-up. CIA has lost a tremendous uh, amount of their capabilities here, and they're going to have to rebuild those as well. Uh, apart from working hard to shore up their operational security. Steve, they don't know yet whether it was an ex-employee or a contractor, though many people are saying contractors. And several of the security hacks in the past, like the Snowden and uh, the man who went to prison, have been from contractors. 
are is the CIA not not uh, really doing enough background and checking on their contractors? Yeah, you know, Jude, I think it's a little too early to tell. I mean, I think one of the really important questions is how did WikiLeaks come into all this information, assuming it holds up as being authentic? Um, it's not necessarily the case that this is another you know, whistleblower qua Edward Snowden. Um, you know, there are a couple reasons why this doesn't really smell like whistleblowing. I mean, as, as we've discussed already, you know, a lot of this is stuff we actually all probably expected the CIA was at least attempting to do, even if we weren't sure they had the capabilities. Um, the other possibility, June, is that this is not someone on the inside, but rather this is the result of hacking, um, that the hackers have actually managed to find a way to get around some of the agency's, you know, high security programs protocols, at least some of these documents appear to be top secret. And so, you know, either way, the answer is pretty alarming. Either there is someone on the inside who really doesn't and hasn't seen a problem sharing this much information with an organization like WikiLeaks, or there isn't, in which case we may have an even bigger problem in the security of, you know, information that's stored on top secret government servers. Steve, one of the things that is a bit confusing about all this is understanding exactly what it is that we now know the CIA can do. So, for instance, um, there, one of the things they can do is hack into smartphones even when people are using encryption technology. How, how is that possible? So, I mean, I think, you know, we still have to be careful about what we know for sure and what we just think we know from, from the disclosures. It sounds like what's going on is that there is some kind of vulnerability that allows the, those who have the vulnerability, the CIA, now, I guess, folks who also have access to it on the black market, um, not necessarily to actually get around um, or to break the encryption in encrypted apps like, for example, Signal or WhatsApp or other things like that, um, but rather to take advantage of functionality on the phone to bypass that encryption. So in English, I mean, if I use the Signal app um, to communicate with Bill, the, the, what, we, what, what it sounds like has happened is not that the CIA has found a way to break the encryption on Signal, but has found a way instead to break other software and hardware on the phone to, for example, take a screenshot um, of a message that I might be typing out to Bill or of my exchange with Bill. Um, that's not quite the same thing, Michael, even if it turns out to be true, because it means that the software itself is still uh, secure. Um, but it does raise questions about the vulnerability of the surrounding operating system, iOS, you know, in the case of an iPhone user, um, and the hardware. Bill, WikiLeaks said it has it has published the documents, but it's redacted and changed some paragraphs, including the names of tens of thousands of CIA targets. Because of this, does this mean that the CIA is going to be scrambling now to protect either protect people in the field or to change targets, or what's going to be happening? Well, it's true that unlike the Snowden uh, leaks that <clears throat> made their way onto WikiLeaks, the the uh, there was a lot of a lot more care taken to redact uh, potentially harmful material harmful to sources uh, that the agency uses and harmful to victims. Uh, so it, there's probably not so much scrambling going on in that regard right now. But at the same time, uh, the agency is going to have to rethink about going after the materials technologically as it has, uh, the hacking itself is going to have to go be accomplished in different ways. Again, as you said at the top of the, of the show, 
they're not looking at Americans here. They're looking for foreign intelligence, and most of the time that's outside the United States. And it's very important. That's how we gather uh, a lot of our intelligence these but, days. Human intelligence is important, but the but the tech is far more so these days. But Bill, do you trust WikiLeaks not to reve- not to say tomorrow? Well, we are revealing those names. No, I don't. Uh, I think that's that's important to to bear in mind here. We, you know, WikiLeaks has no public accountability whatsoever. So one of the interesting things here is that whoever took this stuff, and we talked about it in the in the prior segment, whoever did it didn't disseminate it, say, to the Guardian or to the Washington Post, but instead to WikiLeaks. And and uh, so that suggests, I think, as Steve was saying before the break, that. It probably wasn't a whistleblower type who was just trying to get the word out. They would have gone to a more traditional media outlet here. This uh, was either a hacker, and as somebody surmised uh, this morning, could have been another state. Could Steve, have been the Russians, since the, since the Russians seem to have been involved in all of our business lately. Why not this? Well, it's not like there's been any news about Russian hacking uh, recently, right, Steve? No. So, uh, <laughs> so the, um, Steve, you know, one of the things that you look at it from the other side that's actually a bit odd about this is that in some ways you could see this as um, people worry people worry a lot about the government doing sort of broad-based data collection. But all these techniques that are in these documents really seem to be about having to target specific users. So Mm -hmm. is this really a sign that, you know, it's actually a lot harder to do this kind of intel for a place like the CIA than, than, you know, the kind of worries we often have about broad-based data collection? It may be. I mean, I think I think it's certainly the case that that when we find out this kind of inside information and see just how many hoops the government will often have to jump through, even to do what is, as Bill points out, quintessential foreign intelligence surveillance against quintessentially foreign targets. You know, I think that does actually perhaps restore a little bit of faith um, that things are not quite as bad as perhaps they seemed at various points after the Snowden disclosures. Um, But there's a larger point, Michael, and I think this is the real issue that these um, disclosures tee up, which is, you know, the next generation of fighting in this space is going to be about encryption and it's going to be about whether the government should have the authority to have, you know, zero-day exploits or to have backdoors around secured and encrypted software and hardware. Um, We saw elements of this last year in the fight between Apple and the FBI over access to the San Bernardino shooter's iPhone, Um, but that was the tip of the iceberg. This is really the future, and, you know, I suspect that it's going to be sooner rather than later um, that Congress is going to have to step in. We're going to have to stop there, Steve. We'll talk about that in the future. That's Stephen Vladek of the University of Texas and William Banks of Syracuse University. 